Well, good morning again and welcome. We're so honored that you'd spend some of your Easter with us, and we just believe God has great things for your life today. It's been such an amazing journey to plant this church, and if, if you're new to us, uh, my wife and I moved to Kansas City in November of 2019 with a dream in our hearts to plant a church that would be a reproducing church that would touch not only our city, but actually the nations of the world. And already we've seen God do amazing things in our church and through our church. We've been able to connect with local organizations to serve the community. We've seen people whose lives have been transformed and marriages restored. And actually three people this Sunday in person getting baptized as a profession of their faith. Just last week, we got to give $2,000 to our brothers and sisters in Nepal as we partner with them to help the gospel fill Nepal. So it's a joy to do what we're doing. We're so thankful that you're with us. We'd invite you into this journey. And uh, I'm going to jump into a message this morning uh, on the hope of Easter. And I love Easter. I love what Easter represents, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I, I love the life and the activity and the color of Easter. And a couple of years ago, my wife and I, we, we took my two-year-old daughter at the time to her first ever Easter egg hunt. And if you've never been to a toddler Easter egg hunt, let me tell you, it is good entertainment. Like you should check it out. It is, it is so much fun. But what they do is they line the kids up, they lay all the eggs out, and it's just a free-for-all. They, they literally blow the whistle and these toddlers go ballistic. And some of these toddlers are scrappy. Like I'm thinking, man, they're going to throw some bows out there. And my little girl, my sweet, precious little girl was two years old and just terrified. And She's looking at everyone frozen. Daddy, I don't want to do it. I don't want to. I'm like, girl, get some eggs. Get some eggs. And she's like, no, no, I don't want to do it, Daddy. And so I scooped up a few eggs for her, you know, just the ones in front of us. I didn't steal any kids' eggs, but scooped up a few eggs for my little girl. She was kind of affected by that. She got over it eventually, but it wasn't the Easter she was hoping for. It wasn't the Easter egg hunt that she had dreamt about. And, you know, my little girl, she has hopes and dreams that sometimes happen and sometimes don't, but I tell you, toddlers aren't the only ones who have hopes. Actually, as human beings, we, we're little hope machines. We're constantly finding something to put our hope in, whether it's a career or a relationship or possessions or our future, whatever it may be, we're constantly finding something to put our hope in. And Proverbs tells us that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. So often we put our hope in the wrong things. You know, we think to ourselves, if I only had more, you know, more security, more money, more time, more success, more love and acceptance and recognition, more stuff. If I just had the nicer car or the bigger house or the longer vacation, or if I, if I could just get that position at work, then I would be fulfilled. If I could just have that relationship, finally my life would be complete. And what we realize is we get the house and it's not really enough. And we, we need more cars and bigger houses and nicer things and more vacations and more Starbucks trips. And if we seek more in the wrong things, it leaves us unfulfilled. That's why People Magazine in June 2020 came out and said 14% of Americans are happy or fulfilled, which means that 86% of Americans are very unhappy or unfulfilled. Why does this happen? Well, when you spend your life striving after hope, and meaning and purpose in the wrong places, in the wrong areas, which many of us do, we, we find ourselves very unfulfilled. But Jesus comes on the scene and He says, you can have hope, you can have peace, you can have life, but it's found in me. It's not found in more stuff, it's not found in more recognition, it's not found in success in the way this world defines it, but it's found in a relationship with Him. And Jesus says, if you turn to me, if you look to me, if you follow me, I'll give you a hope 
that fills you in this life, but also in the life to come. So if you'll turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 5, it'll also be on the screen for you. I'm just going to kind of work through this passage as we go this morning. So if you want to turn there with me, it'll also be on the screen, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 5. It starts like this, and, and just for context, Peter is writing to an exiled, persecuted church that's tired and weary, and they're kind of at their end, and he writes them and he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this, all a life of hope begins with the posture of praise. Peter, writing to this scattered, persecuted, beaten up, tired, weary church, he says, friends, I know your situation. I know what you've been through. I know 2020 has been hard. I know that 2020 may have wrecked your world. I know that you may have friends and family that are, that are sick. I know that you have friends who's maybe lost their businesses. I know that this year wasn't what you expected. Maybe your marriage is on the rocks. Maybe your kids are struggling. Peter writes to them, he says, I know what you're going through, but let me tell you, there is reason to bless God. There is reason to have a posture of praise. Patrick Mahomes may have let you down, but God never will. I'm just cheesy pastor joke. I'm sorry I had to get one in this morning. So there is plenty of reason to bless God this morning. And a posture of praise is the posture of hope. When hope is dried up in your life, when your heart feels sick because of misplaced hope, praise is the medicine to renew your soul. Peter starts with the most fundamental truth about who God is. These six words that, that he starts with are incredible, and I hope you catch it this morning. He says that God, the one who created everything, the one who spoke and the cosmos came into existence, the one who upholds the universe by his word of power, that this God is a father, that at his very core, his core identity, he's not some distant deity, not some uh, divine clockmaker who just kind of set the world in motion and steps away from it, but this God, this God is a father. And that he's a loving father and a good father. He wants to be your father. And I want to just recognize this morning that some of you, when you hear that word father, you, you don't hear protection, you hear pain. You don't hear love, you hear fear. You, you don't hear presence, you hear absence and neglect. And I'm here to tell you that's not how God is. Psalm 68 says he is a father to the fatherless. Listen to me, God wants to be your father. He wants to love you and protect you and Provide for your every need. James 1, 17, he says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So listen to this, God doesn't have any mood swings. God doesn't love you one minute and hate you the next. No, no. Every good thing that's ever come into your life came down from the Father of lights. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. God is a Father who loves you and is working for your good. He loves you. I'm not talking about kind of mushy, gushy, cupid love. No, no. He loves you with a sacrificial, courageous love. That's why John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that He gave. God is not a taker. He's a giver. God is coming to you not with do this and do this and do this and do that. I want to take from you and take from you. No, no, God is coming to you with, I want to give to you. I want to give you life. I want to give you joy. I want to give you hope. I want to give you peace. I want to be your provider and your protector. But this starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. It doesn't start with religion. It doesn't start with church attendance. It doesn't start with being a better person or the power of positive thinking. No, no, this starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ, which is why he said that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What the Bible tells us is that Jesus Christ on the cross hung in our place for our sins. That should have been us on the cross. 
dying for our sins. It should have been us on the cross paying the penalty for what we've done, but He stepped in. He took our place so that He could take our punishment upon Himself and He could give His righteousness and His reward and acceptance to us. So we get accepted by the Father as children of God because Jesus took our place. This is what Martin Luther called the great exchange. He says He gets our sinfulness and death and we get His righteousness and life. It's the great exchange. It's the perfect gift. There's nothing like it in all the world. And at our core, we long, we long for this kind of love. That's why every country music artist, he writes about this love. Why? Because we long for it. It's at the core of who we are. Peter says this, he says, according to his great mercy, God's love came into our life by God's mercy. If you don't understand mercy, mercy means you don't get what you do deserve. If you slammed into my car today and I said, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it, that would be me giving you mercy. Grace is we do get what we don't deserve. If you walked up to me today and I gave you $10,000 and you said, what's this? I said, just a gift. That's grace. Uh, When I was 17 years old, my mom was on the first floor of our house and she called down to our basement. She said, Dylan, come upstairs. And I was... 17-year-old doing my thing, and I said, what do you want? Don't ever, don't ever do that to you, mama. And she said, Dylan, come upstairs. And I said, tell me what you want, and I'll tell you if I'm coming up. She said, boy, you better come upstairs right now. And I knew, I crossed my mama, this ain't good. So I came upstairs, uh, you know, what I do? And she handed me a set of keys. I said, what's this? I was 16 years old. Handed me a set of keys. I said, what's this? She said, it's your, your keys. I said, to what? He said, your car. What car? The one I bought you outside. Go enjoy it. I thought, oh, I I don't deserve this. Everything in me felt ashamed and guilty. What happened in that moment? My amazing, beautiful, incredible mother showed me mercy. She didn't give me what I did deserve, which was a whooping. She did give me what I didn't deserve, which was a car. She showed me mercy and grace. This is how the love of God comes into our life. This is how you begin to walk in the hope of Easter. You receive the mercy of Jesus. And if you haven't received the mercy of Jesus, I want to invite you today to receive His mercy. I want to invite you today to let Him pay for your sins. Because at the end of your life, someone will pay for your sins. Someone will stand before, you will stand before God and give an account of your life, and you can pay for your sins, or Jesus can pay for your sins. And you and I are called by God to make that decision now. And in that day, if you trust in Him, He will step in and say, I've paid for this one. And you'll be forgiven and you'll enter into a life with Him. This is the eternal hope that Jesus has offered us. I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of this service to make that decision. But let me just say, you can make that decision at any point. You can pray right now to receive Jesus. You can pray right now to step into this life that God offers. If you receive it, not only will your sins be forgiven, but you will also be born again, Peter writes, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Born again is Bible language for new spiritual life, and you can receive this life today. What it tells us is we'll be born again to this living hope according to the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and that we'll receive an inheritance that is imperishable, and undefiled, and unfading. It's nothing like we've ever seen in this life. It's a life and a hope 
that goes on forever and ever and ever. It only gets better and better and better. Everything in this life, the closer you get to it, the more you experience of it, it gets worse, it fades, it, it, it kind of loses its shine. No, no, in, in this hope, it gets better the closer you get. It gets better the longer you experience it. The hope of heaven is a hope that goes beyond the grave. And once you have this hope, nothing can take it from you. Or as Paul says in Romans chapter 8, he says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What if you could lay your head on your pillow at night and know that you know that you know that you know that you know that God loves you, that He's for you, that He's never going to forsake you, that He is committed to your good, and that your sins are forgiven, and that you have a life with Jesus. Let me tell you, you can know that. You can have that confidence in the, st- the first step. Step one to experiencing the hope of heaven is to put your trust in Jesus Christ. It's, it's not possible by being a good person. It's not possible by the power of positive thinking. It's not possible by taking on church attendance or religion. It's only possible through faith in Jesus. Notice this inheritance, this hope. This hope that we receive is guarded by God Himself. Peter writes, it's kept in heaven for you. It's like God has a treasure for you that He's keeping. He's holding on to it until the day that you see Him face to face, that He can give it to you. It's kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded. Notice it's God's power, not your power, not your willpower, not how good of a Christian you are, not how how much church attendance you do. No, 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 it's God's power. You're being guarded through faith. Our faith is the vessel. Our faith is the thing that brings God's power into our life but it's God's power, it's not ours, for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. We are guarded by God Himself. The other night, my daughter was afraid, and she's laying in bed, and I'm laying next to her, and, and she says, Daddy, I'm scared. And I said, what are you afraid of? And she said, I'm, af- I'm afraid someone, something bad's going to happen. And I said, well, let's pray that God would protect you. She said, is God big? I said, yeah, God's big. She said, is He bigger than the trees? I said, yeah, he's bigger than the trees. She says, is he bigger than the sky? Yeah, he's bigger than the sky. He made the sky. And she goes, is he bigger than you? <laughs> I said, yeah, he's bigger than me. And she goes, but you're big. I said, I'm small compared to God. I'm like a little bug on the ground compared to God. God is big. He can protect you. You don't have to fear. Let's just pray and ask God to protect you. Friends, let me tell you, your salvation is protected by a big God. Your hope in heaven and in this life It's not just a hope for heaven, it's a hope for this life. It's a hope that carries you through this life. It's a hope that tells you that, you know what, my possessions aren't everything. You could have a house fire and lose it all tomorrow, and you still have your hope in heaven. You could lose family and friends, relationships. COVID-19 could wreck your world. 2020 could be a total disaster for you, and you could still have your hope. Why? Because your hope is guarded by God Himself. And no one can take it from you. You can get fired from your job. You can get rejected by your friends. You can can lose every loved one around you, and God would still have you. This is why Job could lose everything and yet hope in God. Why? Because his hope was in heaven. So I want to give you a moment at the end to take that step to receive Jesus. But I also want to give you a moment if maybe you've taken that step before, which I assume many of us have. You've taken that step before. You've put your hope in heaven, but you've lost You've lost this sense of where your hope lies. You've you've lost this devotion to clinging to Jesus and walking with Him. And maybe this Easter is a step back for you. 
I just want to commend you for that, that you, you took that step back. But I also want to invite you to take another step, to, to tell God today, God, I'm recommitting my life to you. God, I'm coming back to you. I want to come back to a relationship with you. I want to put you as number one in my life again. And maybe you're coming and you're saying, you know what, I'm a little skeptical. I'm just kind of leaning in. I'm considering. I'm not really sure. I want, to, I want to invite you that this is a safe place for you to come and learn. This is a place for you to come and hear about the hope of Jesus and consider the claims of Jesus. And you're invited back any Sunday. I want, I want to give you an opportunity here in a moment to take those steps to say, I want to become a follower of Jesus today. Or to say, I want to recommit my life to Him today. Or to say, you know what, I just I want to come back next Sunday. But I also want to invite you, you know, one of the most devastating things about this year was the isolation that came with it. And maybe not just you're, you're quarantining physically, but maybe, maybe you've quarantined relationally and you're experiencing isolation like you've never experienced before. I want you to know that this is a place you can call home, that, that there are people in King's Church that you can connect with and do life with and experience the life of Jesus with. You can discover the hope of God with and and here in a couple weeks we're going to do online and in person small groups i want to invite you to participate in that i want to invite you to keep coming back here on sundays online or in person but also to come experience small group and experience growth tracking get plugged in and let me just make this commitment to you if you'll give us three months of your life if you'll get plugged into a small group and do growth track and come on sundays and begin a bible reading plan i promise you you will experience growth in your relationship with god you'll experience life in a relationship with Jesus if you'll take some of these steps. So I want to invite you into that, but I also want to pray for you. I want to close in prayer this morning. If you join me wherever you are, if you're ready to take that step, saying, I want to become a follower of Jesus, just pray this prayer with me. God, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die for my sins. Thank you that he rose from the dead and that I can have life in his name. God, please forgive me of my sins. Please give me a new life with Him. And please fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can spend the rest of my life following Him. And if you're in that camp where you want to recommit your life today, pray this with me. Father, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to a relationship with You. I'm coming back to my hope in Jesus. Thank You that You welcome me home with open arms. Thank You that You don't judge me or point the finger at me, but you welcome me home. And I want to turn away from the sins that I've been living in and the lack of a relationship with you. I want to turn towards seeking you again with all my heart, with all my life. In Jesus' name, amen.